Welcome to Mental Health and You. This podcast brings you the best information and advice from across the Norfolk and Suffolk Foundation Trust. Every fortnight, we will hear from one of our specialist areas, be it school and parent support, the recovery college, well-being or research. Hello and welcome to uh, the My Mental Health and You podcast. My name's Terry and I'm joined here today with Jason and today we're going to be talking about psychosis and I guess different ways in which psychosis has impacted our lives. So Jason, do you want to just introduce yourself and say maybe say a little bit about yourself? Yes, hi, my name is Jason. Um, I'm a peer support worker. I work for the early intervention team. I also enjoy my part-time, in my spare time, I like, I'm a big football fan. One of my clubs that I like and um, support is Manchester United. Yeah, I'm quite easygoing, quite fun and in my spare time I also like to write a bit of poetry. Nice, and my name's Terry and I guess I like to um, try to keep fit as much as possible. I think I'm also a peer support worker in the early intervention team, so that just means that we both have uh, lived experience of psychosis uh, for, for that's what it means for us anyway and I guess before this job um, I will talk about it a bit later on but I guess I got a bit passionate about campaigning uh, challenging stigma challenging stereotypes and raising awareness and I guess that's what led me on to this job here today so Jason can we, let's talk about psychosis let's let's talk about I guess having developed psychosis and I guess what, what, what did that look for you look like for you and I guess what impact did that have on potentially your life your family's life well to begin with it had a huge impact and um, one that I really truly expected but yeah it kind of put a pause and everything for me where kind of I just didn't know what was happening I was in a, a huge state of confusion not really knowing where to turn who to turn to who to trust so yeah my, my mindset was all over the place and there was a, a quite a battle kind of trying to get myself back there and it took me many many years to even reach that point first of all even reaching a point of acceptance of medication and, and treatment and people kind of to help me so yeah it, it wasn't it wasn't straightforward it took time to even get there but in, in the meantime it was quite scary I was running from place to place just trying to escape because what I was living alongside was hearing voices so and these voices were day and night, so they would constantly comment on the things I was doing, and what I was like, what I was wearing, the people, and they would comment on the people that was around me. They would try to sometimes manipulate it with a way where they make me feel that like the people that are around me even conspired against me. It was really they had more control over the situation than I did, and I just felt like in a state of fear where I just wanted to get as far away from from this as possible. But everywhere I seemed to go, they seemed to be there. It didn't matter if I went abroad, it didn't matter if I went down the road or into different parts of the country. Everywhere I went, they just seemed to be there constantly, constantly trying to pull me down and just not even saying anything positive, just lots of negative things, lots of threatening things. And it was a nightmare to live with, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, and, and I guess for, for myself, um, having different experience of psychosis for you, but for myself, uh, paranoia was was a big part of it. And I guess... You know, it felt like that my friends were plotting against me, yeah. kind of got bigger, felt like people that I'd always known got were, were plotting against me. And I guess I got some ideas around uh, people singing about me in yeah. songs and storylines being about me on TV and people people communicating um, 
because nobody was telling me, but communicating through like burping, sniffing, coughing, yeah. and like it's quite bizarre, right? But I mean, like you, I mean, you talk about being scared, right? Uh, you're scared for your life. I know that you're scared for your family's life. And also, you know, for me, I was, yeah, I'd gone from like confident um, young guy, you know, um, bit cheeky and stuff like that to, to I'd lost all my confidence through, through what I was experiencing. And I guess almost like losing the ability to be relaxed in my own mind, you know, it was, it was a struggle to even follow sometimes what my brain was doing to me and, and kind of emotionally going along with that. But in terms of like my spirit, um, I, I guess, you know, who, who I was, it had such a massive impact yeah. on my confidence, in my status, you know, in, in the relationships I probably had with my family. You know, it's, it's really difficult, isn't it? You know, do, 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 do you think, as, a, as we're both male, do you think that being male, you know, I mean, how easily was it for you to open up and talk about being scared, the, you know, what you were experiencing with, with your friends or your family? First of all, who do I talk to? Where do I go? That, yeah. that was the kind of things that was in my mind. And then once I was at a stage where, like, fair enough, I was getting on with it, it was like there was this self-stigma that I had it for myself. Like, and and then I thought, what were people thinking? They was to find out about it or... What, once you knew it was a mental health condition? Yeah. So, right. So I was, all those kind of things were kind of playing in, in your mind. And, and I've seen some of the reactions. So what I started doing was just kind of, like, testing the water, talking about it with somebody else and kind of seeing how they would react to it talking about somebody else and if it was quite quite a, a reasonable response then maybe I might just slip a little bit in there here and there but it, it's a tough thing man it's not easy especially being being a male and feeling all masculine and kind of like um, you wanted to, to you know show that kind of side of you and then having to kind of like show more kind of, I don't know how to put it in words but you a more a different side of you where you're, you're well it is your vulnerable yeah, side isn't it? it I'm, I'm scared I'm yeah. worried about you know this situation or this person that, yeah. or you know, it's not easy to, to talk about. And, you know, for me also, one of the problems I had was I really found it difficult to open up. Yeah. One, because in case people confirmed what I was scared of. <laughs> yeah. But for two, that I was scared yeah. um, about lots of things, lots of people. And, um, you know, that was embarrassing to have to admit to whether it be to friends or, or family. Yeah. You grow up and... You know, you kind of like my upbringing, you know, maybe, I mean, you're from London, right? I'm sure that there's a, there's an element where you, you try and be the tough guy. Yeah. Well, you might not be the toughest guy, but you still try and be the toughest guy you can be, yeah. right? Yeah. And, um, you know, when you're faced with mental health difficulties and now all of a sudden you, you, your confidence is gone and you're scared of so much, it's it's really difficult to, to sh as you say, show that side of you. Yeah. What will people say? You know, especially if you try and say something and people don't know what the hell you're talking about. How did, how did you manage to get over that? How, what was your word? Did you have any tips or anything that you... I don't know if I've got any <laughs> tips other than yeah. I had a burning desire mm -hmm. for years and years to be more confident than I was. Yeah. And I think that, that through the through the years, and bear in mind it's a, it's a long time, I mean, it's like 20 years since I first got unwell, but I always wanted to be more confident I guess even eventually as I got involved in new things and got a bit more confident I guess I was never satisfied with how confident I was because there was lots of areas in which I wasn't confident yeah. or I was still scared or in, in some way shape or form so I guess because I think I had the memory of when I was younger 
playing football, yeah. confident, handle yourself on the football yeah, pitch, yeah. no problem. And and now now I can't do that, but I always had the memory of being that confident. Mm-hmm. So I was I'm always and even now I'm still working on it. I'm still trying to get more confident. Yeah. So I, I don't have any any tips other than um when things didn't go my way mm-hmm. or I, I was in a situation where maybe I I, I, I socially I was not very good yeah. and, and maybe I didn't come across very well and stuff like that. Yeah. I guess one thing I learned was the quicker I could move on from it and just forget about yeah, it, yeah. the better it was for me because the more that I dwelled on it, the worse I was feeling. And so it was like I, I could that. go in a social situation, go really bad for me. I was disappointed, but I'd walk away from there, yeah. put my music in my ears and carry on as if it didn't even happen. Yeah, so I, I, mean, yeah I get that. I get Because I've been there. I've been in that situation where you do, when you, you kind of get stuck in that thought, don't you? And it kind of just eats away at you even more and before you know it you're in also in a really, really bad place yeah 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 so, yeah and, I, I mean eventually you've got to eventually you've got to kind of almost snap out of it yeah. and carry on yeah. and i guess the quicker you can do it yeah it's disappointing but the quicker you could do it the more beneficial i found it yeah. for myself anyway for me i guess uh, also adding to that i guess it, it came to a point where it's like i started to see the voices as bullies so it's like how long am i going to let these these voices bully me so one way of me was overcoming that was kind of challenging challenging them and really seeing if they're going in to, what way well even though it's a scary way of doing it but it's are you going to do what you're saying you're going to do right so i'm um, and step by step just trying to just trying to go to the things that i enjoy doing trying to get to those places regardless of what they're saying regardless of how they're making me feel and, yeah. and seeing how i feel when i get there right and the first thing i've done i've spoken about before was football and that was one of the things that kind of opened the door for me when I got back into football, I saw that I had a, a group of support around me. I was in an environment that was was, was taking me away from the, the thoughts and, and the voices. And I was feeling at one with myself again and feeling me again. So that kind of helped get the ball rolling as well. Can you talk a little bit about that, Jason? Because I know, um, I don't know whether it is the first football team that, that you joined, but I know obviously there's, there's a lot of stigma around psychosis and hearing voices and stuff like that. But... Yeah. Was it the first football team that you joined that you was quite open about hearing voices? Yeah, that's right. Um, we, yeah, I was sitting with the lads and then one day like I just I just came out and, and I just told them, told a couple of and they didn't even bat an eyelid. They didn't even look at me any differently. They just welcomed me and treated me. Just, they just, asked you questions about it? They didn't really go too deep into it. They didn't really, they just wanted to see me as who I am and just and left it as that to be fair. And just whenever I needed any support in any other area, they was just there for me. Yeah, no, that's incredible, and I, I especially from like a a, a bunch <laughs> of sporty football players, right? Because sometimes you know they're the biggest wind up merchants, yeah. and we know that because we play football, yeah. so we're, we're allowed to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So that's no, incredible. I mean, yeah. I, I love that story because I, I mean, that's incredibly brave, and and the fact that they accepted you, I, I respect, I respect them a lot. I don't know them, but yeah, yeah. So obviously, there's 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 um, those type of things that that we're talking about, but I guess. You know, there's other things, I guess, when you have psychosis that, that, that there's kind of almost like a, a knock-on mental health condition that, that you can have. So, for example, what I mean is, you, you know, it can cause you a lot of anxiety. Yeah. It can cause you panic attacks. Yeah. You, you can be struggling for so long, then before you know it, you've got depressed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, your journey, um, I guess, through knowing that you um, spent a long time trying to escape your voices... And eventually you went abroad with your voices. Can you talk maybe a little bit about 
um, how it came about where you started to gain a bit more more insight into to, to knowing as a mental health condition and what what was starting to change what changed from you going going abroad a couple of times to escape it to you I'd have to say it would be my um, hospital admission to be fair and going into hospital and then working with the in, with the staff and speaking with them and some of the stuff they started to make started to make and some of the stuff they were saying started really started to hit home and make sense and I was quite happy to know that that um I had something that could be treated or, just, or, or something that could be helped because all the um, explanations that had been given before, it just looked like there was no possible way or, or, or getting better or getting out of it, you know? So having that, was it, that gave me a sign of hope. Seeing people around me that were going through similar situations and hearing their story, that gave me hope, you know? And it was just a case of just um, constantly just trusting and believing that, you know, things can get better and, and working on myself as well and working with the team. I mean, was it reassuring to go from all these people are out there trying to get me, threatening my family, threatening me, to like, oh, this could be a mental health condition. And oh, maybe I can tell you that was a huge relief for me because when you feel like someone is really genuinely out there to... Yeah. And you hear it as a mental health condition, what would John would you take, you know? No, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so that yeah. was really pleasing. Well, no, no, um, yeah, it was really, for me, it was kind of a relief. Yeah, I mean, you know, nobody wants to know who's out there who wants to harm you and your family. I yeah. mean, that's that's scary, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, for, for me, I'd probably say, I mean, you got a lot of benefits from being in hospital, but, you know, my story was a little bit different in, in terms of, you know, I guess my talk about my lifestyle was, was, was a big factor in probably how long my mental health condition prolonged. Yeah. You know, I was, you know, I was... I mean, I was young and wild, as, as many people are doing, and like to drink and, you know, experiment yeah. with drugs and stuff like that. And, you know, um, there is there is, there is is schizophrenia. My, my mum's dad has schizophrenia. And I don't know whether that made me a little bit more sensitive to developing psychosis or, or, or whatnot. But um, maybe it was my lifestyle that was, you know, we, we were partying hard, you know, and, and, and I guess it was taking its toll on me. And, and yeah, it, I guess it just... It just it was it was it was it was subtle. It just it just seemed to creep in there and almost just change my reality um, without me even questioning it for, for 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 a period of time. But I think through the years it, it certainly wasn't. But I did have two short hospital stays. But but unfortunately, um, I found it really hard going and 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 just you know went out for a cigarette and I was informal and and legged it and you know later on I was given some opportunities to be in some rehab flats to try and. I guess see see what my mental health state would be like if I didn't take the drugs and I can't I don't think that even worked out well for me um I didn't take the opportunity well again and so you know I probably on reflection you know that they're probably I mean potentially my recovery could have could could have gone a lot more smoother Mm -hmm. potentially I can't say that for sure but um I sort of made so many mistakes looking back in hindsight yeah. I was in a very difficult situation yeah. all my mates were at the time were living that lifestyle yeah. Yeah. Um, it was difficult to get away I felt stuck I felt they were controlling me yeah. anyway and I, people had angles on me and you know it was it was really confusing to, to break free from that situation but you know I mean I'm, I'm sure to the outside world right looking like you know Terry's pretty irresponsible Terry's not taking um, these chances that, that we're giving him. I mean, that's I, it. Probably looked that way, um, but but I, I mean, at, at, 
for, for a number of years. I, I was just a mess. I was a mess. But I guess at that age, if you're a young lad, ain't you? You're just out there trying to have fun. I was, yeah. As, as you do, like, you know, and... Yeah, because despite despite have, um, developing um, psychosis or, that you know, uh, diagnosed me with schizophrenia and, 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 and dis- despite, I guess, you know, things that I put myself through and my family through... Yeah. I mean, it, it was a massive change to go to go from sort of, you know, young sort of cheeky guy, you know, this a little bit wild, uh, um, to sort of worried, scared, schizophrenic guy. I can imagine. Um, you know, that's a massive shift in terms of how I feel about myself. You know, what my life is really gone wrong. Yeah. It's like, how do you recover from this? No, I didn't. I didn't know how to move my life forward other than I still desperately wanted to be that fun guy. Yeah. And I continued to try my best to be that fun guy, although all as I was doing was digging a bigger hole for myself, going round in circles, but I was just desperate to hold on to want to still be Terry, fun Terry. That's what I wanted. And, and, and you know what I love about that is that even despite all your challenges and what you've been through, you even... Well, you live alongside, you still have that Terry. That Terry is here. That Terry, that fun Terry, that Joe Terry, that Joker Terry. That's, that's, and I love that about you. It's like, because a lot of the time, I don't know if it's an assumption from others that we had to be kind of like, um, we always seem to be quite down and, you know, but we, it's just, it's nice to have fun. We want to be normal. Yeah. Like, you know, you know? And we are, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, we still, I, mean, I know you're a married man. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I think that despite having, um, you know, you've got a schizotype diagnosis and yeah. the friends that I've knocked about with that, that had schizophrenia at the time as well. You know, we were still, you know, wanting to enjoy ourselves, wanting to uh, talk about girls, listening to music. We were still wanting to do normal things. It's not like it affects us, but as you say, the reputation yeah. is almost like, you know, you, you, you're crazy or you're just yeah. miserable or, or that type of thing where... Yet things can be very difficult, yeah, which can absolutely. have an impact. Absolutely. But despite that, when when you know when you give when you've got the chance, you're you're trying to to, to do normal things, to have a laugh. You yeah. want to enjoy yourself, yeah. and you know I think that's a side of mental health that certainly uh, doesn't get shown that that people can still laugh and joke, even though you know things can be can be really difficult. That's for sure. Yeah, I guess in terms of like, you've been married a long time, Jason. I mean, I guess a lot of people that develop psychosis, and I know it's come up a few times in the job, people have actually asked me um, in terms of like girlfriends. um, I only only say that because there's only been guys that have asked me the the, the question. Um, But I guess, you know, you develop a serious mental health condition, will I ever get a partner again? You know, will will anyone ever be... um, Would fancy me again if they knew that I had psychosis I mean what was your situation I, I, I don't see why not I know there are barriers and stuff and people may not have that understanding but I'm sure you you can meet somebody out there that might have that understanding or will be willing to learn or and to get to know you and have that understanding and they may just see you for you you know so they, they will, I'm sure there must be people out there that will that will look past whatever you may be seeing in yourself or other people may be seeing, they might see something, the actual true beauty in you that you may have forgotten, you know, so. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and sometimes I think a partner is, is, if somebody can like you for who, who you are, can, yeah. can really bring out that side more. And I think, I think through living with a, with a guy that has schizophrenia, I lived with him for about six or seven years. And I think the beauty in our relationship 
and and really um, what might may have helped him without him being here, I can't speak for him. Yeah. But you 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 learn because you're friends and um, you you can bring out sides in people that, that we need. Yeah. You know, we need people to encourage the goodness that, that we have that gets overshadowed by you know the turmoil and the yeah. the, the, the hardship yeah. we we need we need other parts of ourselves to shine through yeah. because you know that's going to contribute in my opinion to us being able to 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 be as well as possible otherwise it it can be can feel like doom and gloom all the time so you know so so there is that and I did go through a, a long spell about having a girlfriend and yeah. you know I had those questions myself will I ever will anyone ever accept me and um if they knew my history and stuff like that and you know that that you know that didn't happen for me, and I met somebody that at the time, you know, had was get. I mean, let met them through volunteering, uh, but they they'd been through a difficult time themselves, and you know that was um, we we just connected, and um, yeah, she she was really good for me at the time, and and, and for a while I didn't think it was going to happen at all. You, you know, I think that something that that I've stayed true with. I I don't think that I'd ever be able to have a partner ever again that. That, that weren't willing to understand mental health conditions or be, just be willing to at least try. So I think that, that it's it's changed probably the type of girl that I would, would ever date. Mm. And I think, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll forever stay true to that. So I couldn't, couldn't ever go out with someone that would narrow-minded and yeah. just, you know, but that that's because you get an insight into, yeah. you know, um, psychosis, which can be very complicated, yeah. right? That's, yeah, I would agree. So I guess we, we haven't talked about it yet, but we'll talk about it uh, now because we're going to talk about stigma. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to start off just by talking about things that, that had a massive um, impact on me at a, a good time, which was um, the campaign Time to Change, which was uh, changing stigma and discrimination for people with mental health conditions. Um, when I first got involved in, in volunteering for that, when I first moved into the area, um, it was the most empowering um, thing that had happened to to me in my mental health history up until that point. So it'd been it'd been a good 12, 13 years of going through the sort of um, I guess all the the problems and the dilemmas yeah. and the embarrassment and the shame yeah. and and all that 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 there was a process that that you kind of try and work through. Tough time, right? Yeah, no, it's a really tough time. I mean, it's so much to try and work yeah. through, isn't there? Got involved in this, and it was just so many different um, people that had different mental health conditions mm. and we'd done events with their they put on celebration we we went to bark the, the main headquarters of Barclays Bank on Cranary Wharf mm. we talked about there there was it was just such an empowering point and 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 this for me is where mental health um, especially people that that have been through things it's it's about coming together yeah. for that same mission yeah okay whether it's you know, out there challenging stigma and discrimination. But for me, it's, we, we didn't have to talk about each other's conditions specifically. We was aware of what different people had, but we were all in the same boat. We were all trying to raise awareness, getting things understood better, and you know, we worked together. And I think that, you know, there should never be a competition on who's been through the worst thing or, or anything like that. When you understand what it's like to have a mental health condition, we need to be on each other's side and we can all empower each other. I know that that's true because it's exactly what happened in that um, campaign and it happened for quite a number of other people. It was was a beautiful period in my life. 
it meant so much and for the first time I started reframing my own mental health condition and I started to feel a sense of purpose and all of a sudden instead of hiding away from things I actually thought you know what I want to try and do something with this now and I'm not gonna hide in the shadows and be ashamed of, of the things that I've been through so so I mean you know that's I mean, in terms of stigma and things like that, Jason, I mean, you come from a, you know, football background and stuff like that. And, and you know, not necessarily have to talk about that. But I mean, you know, I mean, stigma's out there for psychosis, right? You hear voices, stigma's out there for hearing voices, right? I mean, how does it make you feel? Alone. And, and in some ways it makes you feel alone. It feels like um, you have to kind of like swallow it in a way and you'd like you have to keep your mouth shut because you're, you're just scared. You're scared of what people might think, what people might say and... It just keeps you kind of like isolated in a way, you know, keeping it all to yourself, which doesn't, as we talked about earlier, it doesn't really do you any good and it only eats away at yourself. And I guess a part of it as well, your own self-stigma is like I speak about, I said earlier, it's like, how do you see, how, how are you seeing it, you know? I think sometimes you've got to kind of like, um, you've got to voice it. You've got to talk to someone. You've got to get your word out, you get, get it out there somehow. And because the more you speak about it, you are raising that awareness and, 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 I think it's something that, like you said, it, it just needs to be um, a, a together thing. I think the more people you have talking about their experiences, sharing it, maybe it might become normalised one day and people just be a thing of the past so people don't look at it in that way, in that light. Because I suppose the last thing we want yeah. is we say something and then the whole neighbourhood's talking about <laughs> it, right? Exactly. They're talking about exactly. it, yeah? And some people don't like you for it. Yeah. Some people are telling their children to stay away from you. Exactly. But I, mean, I guess that's what you're potentially worrying exactly. that that might, yeah. might happen. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, there's got to be positive ways in which you can talk about it and share with people that you can trust. And, you know, but it is it is a gamble, isn't it? And, yeah. and But at the end of the day, psychosis is one of the conditions that not many people are talking about. You know, I'm lucky I've made a pretty damn good recovery. You know, you're lucky. Um, you remain more symptomatic than I do, but you've moved forwards tremendously. You have a family, a beautiful family and stuff. And I guess we're lucky that we have been accepted by the trust um, to use our experiences to try to, you know, Putting putting a little bit of hope for people for, in terms of yeah. in terms of the recovery that maybe you know your whole life isn't ruined. Maybe yeah, you've got this um, thing that you've developed and that might make lots of areas complicated and difficult. But you know, with the help of maybe mental health teams, with the help of maybe other things outside yeah. of the teams, maybe you can discover, rediscover passions, discover new passions. Yeah move forwards, raise awareness. Maybe maybe it won't always be as hard as it is now. And I guess that's what we have an opportunity to sort of deliver, isn't it? Absolutely. And as you were speaking of that, I was just kind of thinking on some of the blocks that this the stigma can put on ourselves. Like even I remember applying for a job opportunity and, and all I kept, rather than being excited about the job opportunity, all I was thinking about, oh, God, what are they going to think when they hear this? What are they going to, when they hear what I live alongside them? I shouldn't be thinking. Why am I thinking? <laughs> I think it's normal, right? We, yeah. we, we worry what people think. I don't care what people say. Don't care what people think. Yeah, yeah. But we get that sort of journalist. We all, to some degree, care what some people think yeah. in some areas. Yeah. And 
That's a difficult they, one to, to, they, yeah. to have to face. Well, are they going to judge you because of it? You know. <laughs> well, the chances are they are. Yeah. Right, they are. It's like, but you, 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 what you want is you want people to know you. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you you might have this thing, but you want to be given a chance for people to get to know who you are, That's not right. your mental health, yeah. health illness. That's it. Yeah. You're a person at the end of That's the right. day, yeah. just like anybody else, yeah. trying to do the best you can, just like anybody else, yeah. and you just want to be appreciated for the individual that you are, not for the mental health condition that you that you live I with. Think you, I think you said it well, and I would agree totally with what you just said there. That's that's because that's who we are. We're, we're people. We treat us like people. Yeah, no, Jason, you make some very good points, and you know we're we're older now, and you have two children, and I um, have a child also. Just out of interest, you know, you obviously been through what you've been through. Do you, does it concern you that maybe either of your children might develop develop psychosis themselves? Um, I try not to think too much about that, to be honest with you. Um, but at least I know that if they were. If that was to be the case, then at least I know that I've got good insight and hopefully I'll be able to, in some way, kind of be a support system for them in, in that area. Yeah, no, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit similar to that. Yeah, I think um, when I found out that, 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 that I was expecting a child, mm. I was I was concerned about it. I won't lie. I was concerned. I, I really wouldn't want, you know, yeah. my my boy um, to, to go through what I've been through. And I think that... Well, that in the, in, yeah, I, I was worried about it, but then just like you, I kind of like, you know, I didn't have any children at that point and would love to have, you know, had, had a had a child and, you know, I love my boys a bit. And I think that if he goes, as I say, you know, it seems to, psychosis seems to run in the family, doesn't obviously mean that he will get it. Um, but if it does like you, I think now I have insight that maybe, you know, if he goes through it, that I'm... I'll, I can support him, hopefully, in the way that he'll need support yeah. in. And, and, and maybe he can even, you know, be able, I'll be able to relate to him and he can see that I can relate to him. So, so yeah, it didn't stop me from still wanting to have the child. and, and, and But it's something that, that played on my mind. Yeah. yeah. Although it didn't play on my mind, there was other people around me asking that particular question. There, there was curious to wonder if it would have any effect on the child. So, yeah. Yeah, my, my partner also has her own mental health conditions and it's like, um, you kind of think, well, her her condition and my condition, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. like, and then we produce my boy and kind can't, can't help but think, well, you know, I mean, he's a lovely little boy, yes. but, you know, you kind of think what the mix of our both things, you know, will, is he destined to, ha- to, to have his problems along the way and... You know, um, but we'll wait and see. So far, you know, he, he's, a, he's a little beauty. Yeah. So yeah. it's all good. But I guess, I guess probably as he gets older and a, a bit of more of an education around lifestyle, we haven't really talked too much about sort of lifestyle, you know, and, and I guess maybe the adaptations that we probably yeah. both make because of how sensitive we are to, to, um, to maybe even alcohol, right? Yeah. But I'd have to give him some kind of education about the potential dangers because maybe he's a bit more sensitive to developing psychosis. Maybe, only maybe, but I'll have to have that conversation with him. Um, and I, I know that, um, I mean, in terms of alcohol, Jason, I know, you know, we don't want to sit here and tell people yeah. what kind of lives <laughs> to, to live and no, what they should, should do, but... I mean, you're sensitive to alcohol, aren't you? I mean, even alcohol. I know you don't do drugs, but you're even sensitive to 
Not even a lot of alcohol, are you? That... No, just, it just takes a small quantity of alcohol to kind of let some your... Yeah. Send you, what, just like increase what, anxiety, voices, yeah, what, paranoia? Symptoms yeah, or... would seem, seem to pick up a lot more when, when I have a drop of alcohol, just say that. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. that I'm, I'm certainly really fragile to what would appear a hangover, but yeah. I think if I've got a, a bad hangover... You know, the, I don't want to go out of the house. My paranoia has increased, my anxiety increase, and you know, I have to be. You know, maybe like everyone suffers from hangovers, and they probably nobody <laughs> probably enjoys them. But yeah. but you know, um, I'm cer- certainly don't take drugs anymore, and I think I've I, as time goes on, I seem to want to live a cleaner and cleaner. I certainly haven't historically, but mm-hmm. as time goes on, I, I I take my well-being far more seriously now. Um, than never before, and you know, exercise, yeah. you know, and I would agree with you. I'll definitely say that um, a level of self care for one has definitely gone up, and looking after myself, whether it's exercising and pampering or treating myself or giving myself that little bit extra time, I think it's so needed. Like, those yeah, it yeah, yeah, so much. I found in, in, in what I live alongside is. Yeah, and I think that the the, the psychosis or schizotype yeah. diagnosis comes with a almost a reputation of what they think that type of person <laughs> yeah. might look like yeah. or behave yeah. like, and yeah. you know we both take um, time in yeah. dressing as smart as we can, looking the best we yeah. can, staying on top, exercising as much as we can, and and you know and in in a way it's kind of like st- challenging those stereotypes yeah. because we can't speak for everybody. No. But uh, in terms of the stereotype of how someone would present and look, um, we ain't that, you know. And and just because there's so many different types of people that have the condition and obviously levels of distress is is very different. And maybe when you are in that that's distressed, those looking after yourself might be a lot more difficult, you know. So, yeah, as you said that, I was just thinking that same point. Like, even though we might look one way on the outside, um, what could be going on in the mind and behind the scenes could be a totally different thing. I, I certainly find that it's not as easy to get dressed and to do all of these things as, as it may seem. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, yeah, and it's, it's a constant dialogue going on in your head. Like it, and you always, like, even with my condition, I'm always worrying. It's not so, always thinking about others rather than thinking about what's, what I want, you know, and rather than putting myself yeah. first, which, yeah. which uh, over time is slowly getting better. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it's bad. I never mentioned it before, but that when people say, "Don't worry about what other people think," <laughs> oh, it's easy for you to say, right? You haven't got all these things that are gonna you're gonna be judged for. It's like it's not always so easy, is it? No, but you know, you, there's truth in it. Of course, yeah. there's truth in it. But you know, you do do your best. So, I mean, is there anything else that you, that you want to talk about? Yeah. So, is there? Um, I'll share one last one of my poems. Right? Yeah, nice one, Jason. Can you talk a little bit about why you sort of? Yeah, I mean, you, you you haven't been writing poetry for that long, have you? No. What made you start? Um, it was kind of a, a useful way of me kind of like channeling my thoughts and emotions, and a, a nice way of me expressing myself. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, so the poem I want to share today is called "Staying Positive." Right. In life, there can be some unexpected changes that may lead us into isolation, seeking a safe space that can become disabling and stop us from participating. For some, this can feel frustrating, regretting a path we may have taken, losing sight of hopes and aspirations, unable to make sense of our situations. It's not easy to be courageous, and it takes a lot of strength to turn the pages. Those things you've been putting off for ages, instead of saying I can't, say I can and make a statement. Think about those people that have been singing your praises, that have believed in you throughout the stages, every forward step that you have taken. 
they can all see you're destined for greatness. Beautiful, Jason. Thank you very much. And I guess thank you for taking your time to listen. I've been Terry. I'm Jason. Thank you. Take care yourselves. Thanks for listening. Please do subscribe. It's free and means the podcast will automatically download every fortnight. Do rate and review our podcast and follow our social media accounts. They're all in the show notes. And more than anything, look after yourself.